Hello, and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hello! On this bonus episode, Ashley and I, we're going to be looking back at some of the movies from the last few months and talk about some of the highs and lows, some of the trends, and some of the things that worked and some of the things that didn't. And first thing out of the gate is, I mean, this was really the summer of Disney. Yeah. Disney really took hold. I think total domestic gross comes to about like 4.5 billion overall, which is on par with last summer. Disney took about half of that. But Disney owns everything. I mean, there's maybe what, two other studios that are going against Disney at this moment? Like, they own everything now. Probably the their best competitors is like Warner Brothers and Universal. Yeah. But they're distant. I mean, again, 4.5 billion, that's total. That's all in. Disney took about half of that. I mean, that's half the pie. And I guess it's been kind of drifting in this direction. I mean, over the last decade, but this summer really made it uh, official uh, as far as like, I mean, this is Disney's game (laughs) and everyone else is just uh, trying to stay afloat. They're just trying to get the scraps. And then with Disney doing this Disney Plus streaming, they're going to put all of their movies on that and not have it be available at Netflix or Amazon or Hulu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've already pulled or started to pull most of their stuff from Netflix. Yeah, and that Dis- includes all the Marvel movies. Disney Plus is a, is a direct attack on Netflix. I mean, for the last 10 years, it's been Netflix pretty much as far as like streaming original content. Yeah. Amazon, you know, is, is in the mix. But, um, yeah, I think we're on, like, the verge of the streaming wars, <laughs> which is, like, all the major conglomerates just kind of hoarding their own content and charging a subscription fee yeah. for people to kind of buy in. And, I mean, give Netflix credit. I mean, they're the first to the game. I mean, Disney's crushed theatrical. Now they want streaming. <laughs> and and they'll, they'll, they'll crush streaming. I mean, with, especially with a lot of their, their stuff that's coming up. I mean, they're going to do another Star Wars. They're going to do an, a spinoff of Loki, which I want to see, but I don't want to pay for Disney streaming. Well, when I realized, and I, I've, this should have just been a given, but when I realized like none of the content on Disney Plus is going to be harder than PG-13, like it's all going to be PG-13 or softer, but which what makes are they, sense what as But what are they going to do with that Deadpool? I don't think that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. I don't think Disney's even figured out how they're going to work Deadpool into the MCU. I think Deadpool makes Disney nervous as yeah. a company. I think anything outside of that family-friendly wheelhouse makes Disney very nervous. <laughs> and with Fox, they've acquired some adult properties. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, adults watch movies, too. <laughs> that's, I mean... Yeah, but you, you the, the family movies get the bigger... That wasn't always the case. The bigger though. audience. I mean, that, that's the case now. That yeah. wasn't that wasn't always the case. And I'm kind of lumping in superhero movies as family movies, especially the Marvel stuff. Yeah, that plays as a as a of family course. Movie. I mean, that's a night out. I mean, that's a family night out. It plays th- those movies yeah. play pretty young. Yeah, and people go all out for those movies. They'll get the popcorn. They'll get the the drinks. They'll get the special food, and they'll bring the whole family. Like it's a it's an event. Well, they feel pretty guaranteed that they're going to be satisfied with the product, with the end result, because it's Marvel. I don't, I'm not here to like knock Disney. No, I mean, good for them. But Some they, of my favorite movies yeah. are Disney movies. I got a fucking but, shelf of Blu-rays, all, all Disney. My, my I love whole, them. My whole issue is that they're just doing so many remakes and, and remakes and remakes and remakes. Like, where is the creative? I think Disney is giving the people what they want. I mean, let's That's let's true. get real. Yeah. I mean, let's uh, taking let's we'll take 
Endgame off the table, which eclipsed Avatar as the highest grossing movie of all time. Well, taking that off the table, the biggest movie of the summer was Lion King. I mean, that was uh, just like a regurgitated <laughs> version of a 25-year-old movie. Yeah. I, I love the original. I don't know what the purpose is of this new version. And then you have Aladdin. Uh, that made a billion dollars. Yep. Kind of the same situation there. Although at least that movie has its own... It brings its own ingredients to the table as far as the characters go. And, and um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, that's technically Sony, but Disney also benefits from that with yeah. the whole... We don't know. Now split. I mean, yeah, they used to have a partnership, but now that's split, which caused the internet to shit its pants. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, you had trending, like, save Spider-Man. Hashtag save Spider-Man. Like, save Spider-Man from what? Like, he's a corporate-owned character. Like, this is intellectual property. Like, yeah. you've gotten five movies with Spider-Man in the MCU. How many do you need? <laughs> like, what? I mean, what in the F? I will say what the one movie that I am looking forward to in the Marvel Universe is Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, Doctor Strange in the, like, the Multiverse of Madness, Yeah, I believe. Yeah, pretty good title. Like, I'm, I, I'm I like, looking yeah. for... I mean, I love Benjamin Cumberbatch. I think he was just greatly cast. Absolutely. There's a number of Marvel films that I'm on board for. I'm on board for the new Blade, although it's not going to be R. I mean, whatever. But, I mean, they have the Eternals. They have another Thor. I- I'm on board for these movies. Uh, like everyone else, I I know what to expect, and I'm generally entertained. Yeah. And so, yeah, the other the other billion-dollar movie, and this one I don't have a problem with, is Toy Story 4. But that is another sequel. Yeah. But it's Pixar. I mean, it's done in high quality. But when a movie like that— Doesn't ma- Disney own Pixar now? Uh, of course. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's always—Pixar like- has always been under yeah. Disney. When a movie like that makes a billion, I'm thinking like, okay, I mean, that's quality being rewarded. No problem there. But yeah, like why? (laughs) I understand why the stories of The Lion King and Aladdin resonate and why they have appeal. Like I still get a kick out of those cartoons. I mean, they still work years later. I don't understand why remakes are the biggest ticket in town. Like decades later, that's not good. I understand why little kids are liking these remakes, but then it's like the adults aren't going to, to anything else. I mean, it's... Because adults don't have time to go to movies, except with their kids. You, you think that's what's going on? Yeah. It's all just like adults with kids? Yeah. And just going to the kid-friendly stuff? Yeah. I mean, not not everyone in the world is a parent, so I don't know how true that is, but... One thing is for sure, like family friendly fare is dominating, yeah, big time, and it just it seems like it's at the expense of original fare aimed at adults. Yeah, I just I remember a time where week to week it was like big, ambitious, usually star driven original movies aimed at adults were dominating the box office. I'm gonna go I, just because I'm I just got brought in my head, you know, like Notting Hill and you know those types of movies, like the romantic comedies that are original, Sleepless in Seattle. Those are good. Pretty e- Woman. Those are good examples. Uh, look, when I was a kid, I mean, I was into action movies. I mean, growing up in the '90s, summer movies like they don't have to suck. Like some of my all-time favorite movies opened in the summertime. Okay, I'm gonna throw out Face Off. Okay, one of my all-time favorites, <laughs> John Travolta, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my God. That was summer of 97. Let me just tell you, that movie opened up against Disney's animated Hercules. Face Off 1. Like, the hard R, adult, original, big-budget, live-action movie. Beat out the Disney cartoon. That's a different time. It was also Hercules. 
It wasn't like... I mean, okay, it wasn't Disney's best, but this is still post-Renaissance Disney and going up against a very adult action movie, original, like no no brand attached to it. It just, it wouldn't happen now because that original movie wouldn't be anywhere near the Disney movie. <laughs> it would be too scared. Yeah. <laughs> like, they wouldn't release it. it, it would go, I mean, it would go to Netflix, okay? But uh, to me, that's a bummer because those big, ambitious, uh, adult driven movies especially action movies like you know like the rock the die hard they're not the dominant thing bad anymore. boys absolutely thank you bad boys lethal weapon i like th- those were my bread and butter as a like young teen kind of growing up those are the movies that really inspired me and they just they don't make them anymore and mm-hmm. it, those movies those actioners have kind of morphed into the superhero stuff yeah and the superhero stuff is very watered down so i would love to see a rated r thor and marvel has said they'll never do r They'll, they'll never do R. It's always going to be PG. Of course, it will be. They, they want well, the bang for the buck because they spend four hundred million dollars on each movie. I mean, superhero movies are huge. Why aren't adult targeted superhero movies a, a bigger thing? Because The Dark Knight, you know, with Heath Ledger, that's targeted towards adults. That was huge. Why didn't that usher in more adult skewing? I say that they do, but they're on Netflix. I mean, you got Luke Cage, you got Jessica Jones. Well, those are series. Yeah, but but those are it's adult superhero, right? The Iron Fist, adult. I mean, you know, I don't watch any of those. I mean, I I'm I'm looking at the big screen, and the only like superhero movie for adults other than like Dark Knight was Logan. They're just yeah, those are like anomalies. Most superhero movies are really like sanded down for all ages, and um, I don't know. We have the Joker coming up. That seems like it's something a little different. That's that's edgy. It's being sold as like a character study aimed at adults. Yeah. So that that's why I'm intrigued. And they got a Joaquin Phoenix is a good is a fantastic actor, and he's gonna make this. Well, yeah, clearly he's demented. Clearly, it's yeah, it has some ambition beyond just like special effects. Oh man, I'm so excited. I I hope it's good. Yeah, I mean, I hope it delivers. Uh, definitely intrigued. So yeah, like, let's just I guess uh, just looking back, you, you know, like going back to like May through now to the end of August. Uh, any movies stand out to you as like a favorite? Yeah, so Good Boys. Sure. Yeah. Um, was probably my ultimate favorite, and then um, Late Night is going to be my second favorite. You, you bring and up- then and then maybe that indie film uh, Rose. Wild Rose. Wild Rose that we saw sure. would be my third. Yeah, that was a great one. Uh, you bring up late night and I mean, Wild Rose also. I mean, did yeah. hardly any business. But late night, when I talk about like Lion King making half a billion here in the states alone, and a movie like Late Night only made like fifteen. A movie well, like Late Night should have made at least double that. Because the you know let's let's be real, Mindy is not a. Is it the Mindy problem? I, it is. I, I mean, honestly, like she she comes off as super annoying. So why so is somebody going to want to... Why is she everywhere then? If she's so annoying, why is she everywhere? She's on TV. She's because on big she's screen. Woke. She's a commercial. She's a fucking podcast. I mean, what? She's woke. Got to be a better answer. I mean, <laughs> she's a female writer, which is... She wrote, yeah, she wrote, she wrote this the movie. Film. Yeah, she probably a... shouldn't have started it and just t- should have produced it and just took on that more creative behind the scenes role and had somebody else star in it. Like an up-and-comer or somebody that even had a bigger name. You're saying like Mindy Kaling, stay behind the scenes. That is that what you're saying? Yeah. 
we need more female writers. What Why about- can't pe- female writers just want to be female writers versus mm-hmm. having to be in front of the camera? What about Mindy Kaling on The Office? You didn't think she was funny? I thought she was annoying on The Office. Sorry, Mindy, but... Okay, so not not a fan. Not a fan. I'm not really, but I mean... You might be right. I mean, it's uh, that could be why there was some resistance to that movie. But that movie should have done better. It should have done better. That should have been a movie where, like, for adults who didn't want, like, the special effects stuff, they go see Late Night. Yeah. But uh, they didn't. So that makes me think, like, are adults, like, watching, like, The Lion King and, like, Aladdin and Spider-Man? Like, the, the, the thing is, with adults, I mean, you're... You... Not all adults have kids. I feel like adults are, are seeing these... Dumb kitty movies on their own, <laughs> like us. <laughs> well, we see we see everything. So we do. We, I mean, yeah, we see the good and the bad. You know, we we see what's out there. And I, I would say probably the worst movie that I've seen would probably be actually it's going to go to the Dark Phoenix. Yeah, who oh boy. <laughs> and then hot, yesterday hot would be a second on that one too. Yeah, that was a rough one. I'm surprised you didn't mention Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because that's uh, like that was one of my crushing disappointments <laughs> of the summer. Some people hail that as a masterpiece. Yeah, like two people. <sighs> well, I'm I, just kidding. You know, this is Tarantino, like believers. Go on, you know go I mean? on Letterboxd. Yeah, there's a lot of five star reviews on Letterboxd. Um, <laughs> the, the man has fans. I, I'm not saying you know it's it's probably should, so. My least favorite, obviously, number one is Dark Phoenix. He really did not like that movie. It was so bad. Was so number bad. two is Yesterday. <laughs> Because of the casting, like I said, was, yesterday, yeah, yesterday was a it was a good story. It was it was unique, but the casting was all wrong. And then number three is probably oh, <laughs> I would say some, Men in Black. Some real humdingers. Men in Black would be you didn't like Men in Black, not really. And then Once Upon a Time <laughs> in Hollywood. I mean, it, okay. So, and my favorites are going to be Good Boys, Late Night, John Wick was a good time. Loved it. Yeah. Love John Wick. What about you? What, what What's your favorite for well, look, I mean, the summer? You know, look, I'm a, I'm a Pixar fan. I, I thought Toy Story 4 delivered. But I'm with you. Like, Good Boys is definitely the best comedy. I mean, pretty much the only comedy of the summer. I it love, was a surprise. I love that movie. John Wick. Yeah. John Wick kicked all kinds of ass. You know, when I talk about, like, yeah. the big budget, adult-oriented action movies that I grew up loving, John Wick... John Wick fits that bill. John Wick, though, is it's number three. So it's not like John Wick came as a surprise. When you know what you're getting when you sit down for a John Wick movie. Yeah. You know what kind of experience you're getting. But I it delivered one hundred percent. And I I know I'm in the minority. I really dig the hell out of the Godzilla sequel. <laughs> I mean, I rewatched it and it's it's just a silly good time. It's exactly what I want from a Godzilla, Godzilla movie. One hundred percent. Who do you think will be up for like a Razzie this year? <laughs> so far, for so what for what we've seen throughout uh, the whole entire year? I, I mean, I don't. <laughs> oh come on! If I, if I could give a Razzie to anyone, I don't want to give Razzies to people, but I'll give it to like Brie Larson as fucking uh, Captain Marvel, like <laughs> that movie and that performance, like up and down. It's terrible. It's she garbage. She was better in Endgame, I guess, than she was in the actual movie. She's so bad. Um, <laughs> th- that reminds me, because I wanted to compare Captain Marvel to Alita. Oh, Alita, Alita Battle so... Angel. Because one of those movies crossed a billion worldwide. No, no sweat. 
And the other one is going to struggle to break even, if, if ever. I mean, it'll, it'll have to come through on home video to turn a profit. And yet critics were fully behind Captain because Marvel. Because their pockets are getting greased. Let's be real here. I don't think that's the case. Yes, I don't they're, think they're being asked Disney to wine paying, and dine. I feel like anyone Let's with two... Real. Like anyone over the age of 13 with a pair of eyeballs watching both of those movies could tell you which one is objectively the better movie. Well, would, what, And I yet mean, critics I, are telling you, see uh, Captain Marvel. And meh, you know, may, maybe avoid Alita. Like, what in the fuck? Well, I, I can say Alita was maybe a little bit more darker than Captain who, Marvel. Who cares? Why does everything have to be light and family friendly? I know. That's, that's what I'm talking about. When did the movies become just like a babysitter for, for families? Like, like a place for families to just pass the time? I mean, that's always been the case. I was just telling you, it hasn't. There was a My time. My mom never went to the movies unless she went to the movies with me. Family movies? A well-made family movie? She didn't go on her own. She but, didn't but go s- with friends. But still, I mean, adults still go together. I mean, we're doing a date night podcast. I mean, adults still I mean, go in pairs. Obviously. That's still a thing. Obviously. There's dates. Yes. Sure, right. <laughs> and for those dates, I mean, sometimes you need something like that plays a little above like 13 years old. I agree. But then again, I'm a Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter fan through and through. So, suck it. Nothing wrong. (laughs) They're all PG-13 movies. (laughs) Every single one of them. Do the movies have anything to offer people who don't love superheroes and fairy tales? Then don't go see the mainstream movies. Go to the indie art houses. If If that's your bag, like... Take a risk. Wild Rose was one that we both were like. No, that's film. I mean, yeah, that's a great one. But I mean, it, it made like a million bucks in theaters. I mean, no one saw it. The Oscars is all indie all the time. Like, there's going to be movies that are going to be nominated this year that I probably won't have seen because it's all indie films. I'll bet you Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to be in the Oscar. It probably will be. It's a terrible movie. But he won't win. It's so bad. There's there's nothing to give an award for because there's no movie. It's just people driving in cars. So... So, yeah. I mean, we've talked about the the streaming wars. Do you think theaters are going to survive? I don't. The streaming wars? Mm -mm. Because we're on the verge of the streaming wars where conglomerates are really going to double down on loading up content for subscribers. I think what's going to happen is the the streaming providers, they're going to increase their subscriptions big time for new releases. So they'll probably end up having to... Increase subscription prices? Yeah. Like if you want new releases, then you may have a choice between... You know, your premium premium, which maybe be like 50 bucks a month versus 14, 15, 16 bucks that we're paying now. That's how they're going to do it. That's my that's my prediction. Well, the, yeah, I, I agree. They're definitely going to uh, right now, like the introductory price is like seven bucks, six ninety nine. Yeah, that price is definitely going to go up for well, sure. If they, do new, if they do new releases, absolutely. Well, and you know they like big budget new releases. Well, and they kind of are. I mean, that's kind of the draw. They're doing big budget series. Yep. This past weekend, they did the D twenty three Expo, where they kind of unveiled everything that is coming up for Disney Plus, and right on launch day, you've got an original movie with Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. Uh, you have a live action Lady and the Tramp remake, and that one initially that was kind of like. 
I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to see that. And then, like, I watched the trailer. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't need to see that. <laughs> Thank it looks, you, next. <laughs> it looks, it looks kind of shitty, actually. So I think I'm, I'm going to try and hold out as long as possible on this Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I probably don't... until the Loki movie comes out. And then... Is, is that your... Is that that's going to be what pulls the trigger, you think? Because I don't need Star Wars series. I mean... I don't like. I don't need the Mandalorian. I don't need the Marvel series. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna resist this whole Disney takeover for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah. Do you think studios have a chance at pushing back as far as like getting a more balanced market share going? Because I, I see so many people cheering on Disney. Like, yeah, get that money. Disney's a fucking corporation. They're not your friend. Like, they're not your buddy. They want your money, and they're doing a really good job at getting it. I lost respect for Disney when Disney started charging over $100 for one ticket to go to their park for a day. Like, that's just a little ridiculous to me. They've also been accused of cooking the books as far as um, the profit sheet for their their theme parks. There was like an insider uh, basically blew the whistle. Yeah. So there's a lot of shady shit. And when you're that big, when you have that big of a monopoly going on, you you can do strong arm tactics and get away with it. And it, that's what they do. They do it all the time. They leverage theaters. But yeah, I'm just I'm wondering if if studios can push back because Disney just really is I mean they've made five movies so far this year that have made over a billion, which is a record. I mean yeah. that's unprecedented. And one of them, Avengers Endgame is the biggest movie of all time. And again, I see people like cheering on Avengers and slamming Avatar, like, you know, bye-bye Avatar. And like, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet back at them. I'll be like, bye-bye originality. And they're like, yeah, like Avatar was that original, like blue cat people. Like, like what the uh, like, fuck really? are you talking about? <laughs> like, whether you love Avatar or hate it, it was a singular achievement. It was a singular creative vision. I mean, this was James Cameron's thing. It was, took a significant risk. To get that movie realized and on the screen, I mean, like I, it's not my favorite movie of all time, but I have a lot of respect for it. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for originality and risk taking. I, I mean, it's that's what I'm saying. Like, do, do, do movies have anything to offer a, a guy like me, <laughs> like who loves cinema but doesn't love like interconnected franchises and uh, stupid special effects bullshit all the time? Like I said, I just think you just have to go and don't go see these big movies in theaters. <laughs> but I, you still want to show up and hope for the best because some sometimes they get it right. Some of them are good. Every movie is a risk. And I understand like it's studios' jobs as a business to minimize the risk. And I think now, I think a lot of people were so divided as a country that how can you make a movie outside of being Marvel that's going to placate to both sides. You don't want to ruffle too many feathers. No, you Clearly. don't. I mean, we saw that with The Hunt, a movie that was supposed to be coming out next month, which was pulled because like, the president watched Fox News and shit, shit his pants through a temper tantrum on Twitter. Let's be real. That's what happened. So instead of pulling guns, we're pulling movies. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's but, censorship. But Absolutely. It is censorship. And this is all without anyone seeing a fucking frame of the actual movie. Like Just let's, the trailer. Let's, uh, like a synopsis online. I, I mean, let's shit our pants over a movie after we actually watch it. Like, what do you say? 
Like, before we start, like, drawing lines in the sand and pulling things from release, let's, I mean, let's actually know what we're talking about. I'm a, you're giving me a face. I'm agreeing with you. Like, that's the climate we're in. Yeah. It's very reactive and it's very polarized. And comedy doesn't normally, I mean, comedians are being asked not to do certain jokes because they're insensitive or they're culturally divisive. So comedians aren't coming out and writing it because they're afraid. Well, and we see that, yeah, we see that in the movies where there's hardly any comedies. Comedies have kind of gotten swallowed up by the, the superhero genre. You get your comedy kicks from a Marvel movie, right? Like Thor Ragnarok, you're yeah. going to be chuckling. That's why Disney, they have the secret sauce to getting a billion dollars per movie. Like, they, they figured it out. And they they had Clearly. enough money to buy other franchises. Disney was always, just their animation division alone, was always a force to be reckoned with. You know, Disney animation yeah. and Disney Pixar. But once they acquired Marvel... They kind of took on like super strength. Yeah. And now they're pretty much unstoppable. Uh, I mean, that combined with milking old properties. <laughs> I mean, they did put out Frozen, which was good. Well, hey, we're getting a sequel. And, and Moana. I love Moana and Zootopia. Absolutely. I didn't really like Frozen. Well, again, I'm not, I'm not knocking the tradition of Disney, yeah. especially Disney animation. It's a tradition I think most people have grown up with. I think most people's first introduction to going to the movies is likely a Disney movie. Yeah. Uh, some of my fondest memories were like seeing Aladdin and Lion King in, in the theater as a kid. I remember seeing Face Off at a dollar theater on my birthday. Oh, that was the best dollar shit, you've ever spent. Shit in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first R-rated movie that my mom took me to was Die Hard with a Vengeance. And I, I mean, I thank her to this day for that experience. Let me uh, let me read this quote from Richard Newby in The Hollywood Reporter, uh, just as far as the Disney takeover. The quote is, Disney's dominance has come at the cost of swallowing other companies whole, eliminating the competition, creating a homogeny within our popular culture, and facilitating massive amounts of job losses. I agree. So like Disney overtaking Fox, like the industry has actually shrunk. Like, I mean, that's thousands of jobs that aren't being replaced. Those are jobs that are lost, like gone. And yet you have people online like, man, I can't wait to see the X-Men with the MCU. (laughs) Kind of like, give me a break. After Endgame, how many superheroes do you need on screen? Like, haven't we reached peak like superhero mass? It's just who cares? We've it's like we've already seen it. It's just mashing but, yeah. up shit we've already seen. And it's, like, what story? What bad guy can you bring in? I mean, right. you know, it's all about the bad guy in these L- things. Let me guess: they're going to fight each other for a little bit, and then they're going to team up to fight a bigger threat, and then they're going to win. Or yeah. maybe there's going to be a cliffhanger for a part two. Who with, with Daffy Duck <laughs> as the villain? I mean, now we're talking. Right now, now that's yeah. that's a movie I'd be on board with. So let's let's try and end this episode on you know like a positive note. Just uh, sure. talk, talking about some movies that we're looking forward to for the end of the year. We got it, Chapter Two, right around the corner. That's going to be a big one. Uh, you know, <laughs> the first one really like scared the bejesus out of me. Like every time I go to a storm drain, I'm just like Georgie. <laughs> Do you go to storm drains? I mean, in our neighborhood, there's like really thick storm drains. When you're walking the dogs, you've seen it. <laughs> and every time I'm like, true. I mean, there aren't any, there aren't any clowns uh, hiding down there. I know, but still. So okay, so you're scared of it. Um, I mean, I'll watch it. I mean, you of know, course, yeah. Duh. There's Ad Astra. That's the uh, the sci-fi film with Brad Pitt. 
where he's going up in space. I would. I, that looks pretty good. I, I hope that's okay. But uh, I mean, you have gravity. You've got Interstellar. You've got all of these other. Did you like Interstellar? I mean, it was it was okay. Like Matthew McConaughey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let it. I'll let it slide. See, I wasn't a big fan <laughs> of Gravity because I was getting sick in Gravity. <sighs> I would not be a good astronaut. Interstellar versus The Martian. What what would you choose? Ooh, The Martian for Thank me. You. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Um, there's also Joker, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah look for, looking forward to that. Definitely curious about that. There's also Gemini Man with Will Smith. He, he's fighting himself. That looks weird to me. I mean, you know, they're doing like the ageless or like the, what is it? The regression aging something or Digital other. Digital de-aging. Yeah. It's, it's like ugh. becoming popular. Yeah, definitely a trend that's being used a lot. Uh, also, Maleficent sequel is going to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer's in it, so maybe. There's another Terminator happening. That actually doesn't look bad. We'll see. Yeah. They. <laughs> we'll see. They're bringing back Arnold, so. Yeah. I mean, they brought him back last time also um oh yeah but they and they did the past age thing on him too they did yeah there was some some de-aging going on but yeah they do it a lot yeah uh, and as as the technology gets better i mean they do it more and more and uh there's dr sleep which has ewan mcgregor it's the sequel to the shining oh i probably that's not for you no i'm i'm excited for that Bad i'm looking forward to that what about last christmas with amelia clark and Henry Golden. That looks cute. <laughs> You're on board for that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have Frozen 2, which we talked about. Yeah. And um, Ford versus Ferrari. That's probably my... That's one of, one gonna of my. Be, that's going to be fun. Yeah. I think that's going to be an Oscar contender, I feel. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Man, my mom would have loved to see that. Yeah. Well, that, that's a movie for adults. Yeah. Clearly. That, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like a ambitious well, movie for adults. My mom worked for Ford for 30 years. Well, there, there so, you go. So like yeah. she, yeah. I mean, Ford put me through college. <laughs> so thank you, Ford. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But yeah, you got two great actors. You got a good filmmaker. So yeah, high hopes for that. <laughs> I don't have high hopes for Charlie's Angels. Oh, God, no. That looks really bad like really really bad we're probably gonna see it yeah and we're gonna shit talk it <laughs> i go into these movies with an open mind listen you and i we're not critics right we're not. Well, yeah we should make that clear we're not critics we're movie fans and we go in with an open mind <laughs> and i i, I, Ch- I charlie's I mean, angels does but look charlie's angels you have a big shoes to fill with Cameron Diaz and... I thought you were going to say like Farrah Fawcett, like the TV show from the 70s. Well, no. That's what it was originally. Well, yeah, but yeah. no. The Drew Barrymore version? <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's, I, I it's mean, not it's, terrible. It's fun. It's a good time had by all. It, it's they, no classic, but no. I just I have a feeling this is going to fall way short of even that film. <laughs> Gosh. Which, yeah, that's not good. Just like Kristen Stewart, like... why why they wanted to do i think just like a more female friendly version i believe they have elizabeth banks behind the camera they didn't want uh, i think they wanted to kind of tone down on like the ass shots and kind of like just like the the sex yeah like the the male gaze aspect Mm. which was a big part of those original movies so i think that's kind of the inspiration behind this version 
they could have hired somebody else to be the lead (laughs) why Kristen stewart she's a movie star right she is And that's and well and then in December you have Bombshell, which is uh, the movie about Fox News. We just saw a trailer oh, for that. Oh yeah, that'll be good. Charlize Theron looks yeah. exactly She's like Megan. Megan Kelly, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a movie. Yeah, for adults and Little Women. Oh yeah, you're looking forward to that. I, that girl better not mess up my movie. <laughs> Greta Gerwig. Yeah, she better not mess up my movie because I have not been a fan of her movies and. She, this is you're taking one of my favorite books. You didn't even like like Francis Ha, did you? I don't. So like, she better not mess with this book. It's a favorite book of mine. It's what got me to love reading. And if she messes this up for me, I am going to boycott all of her movies. Well, just FYI, she was nominated for an Oscar for directing. One last little note I want to close on, and just talking about, I guess, like the collapse of adult-centered movies and the way that's reflected. You have a company like Annapurna Pictures, which is owned and run by Megan Ellison. They've been on the borderline of bankruptcy for the last year. And that company is all about director-driven, ambitious, adult-oriented movies and taking risks on those type of films. Sometimes it pays off. You know, she makes a movie like American Hustle. A lot of times it hasn't. She makes a movie like Vice. So, and, but because of those risks, she's on the verge of being totally bankrupt. And what it shows is like banking on original movies for adults is bad business. Well, I that think you, ha- you have to have a mix, honestly. You I have, do, yeah, you she's not in like the 10 pole. She's not in the 10 pole. I game. wish Disney would take more risks on doing more original stuff. And the Even other- if it is PG 13. Sure. Like, yeah, just take a risk on something yeah. original. The, honestly, the risks that Disney takes are in the animation department, especially with Pixar. Yeah. That's where you get the real innovation. The live action Disney movies, let's be well, honest, are Pixar shit. Pixar is going to have a, two movies come out two next year. Two movies next year, both original. I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, Pixar, uh, that's the one brand I'm totally on board for, no matter what. And the other little indicator of the collapse of the adult market in movies is IPIC filing for Chapter 11. Yeah. You and I, we've been to IPIC a couple of times. Nice theaters. Yeah. But you're charging 30 bucks a ticket. And what's playing? Like Detective Pikachu? Men in Black? (laughs) (laughs) What adult is going to be paying that? So like, that's a business plan that could have worked if every month you're getting a movie on the level of like Titanic or like A Star is Born. You know, something directly for adults that works. Then a theater like that could sustain itself. But... Hollywood's not making product for that demographic. No, like the not. upscale, like affluent adult market. Hollywood's like, fuck it. <laughs> like, here's your special effects, like kitty franchise. I just, I don't know when like movies just regressed age wise <laughs> in terms of the content they were serving up. The ideal balance would be like a family film. You got your special effects temple. You got a comedy. You got a horror and maybe a drama. At any point in the multiplex, there should be some selection of choice. Yeah. A compelling choice from one of those categories. And it's not. It's really like the the big temple, the all-ages temple, taking up half the screens. So, yeah, kind of bleak. Yeah. But I have hope. I, I have hope that, like, studios can get innovative and push it around. But it's going to depend on audiences' willingness yeah. to show up. 
And that's our wrap-up. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at DNMoviePodcast, and you can also email us at datenightmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya.